Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. It's another interesting week of sports. Uh, we had baseball finally resume after an extended break with the All-Star Game and the totally not rigged home run derby contest. Totally not rigged at all, folks. Bryce Harper won that fair and square. I mean, ESPN even says so. Even though uh, Bryce was getting quick pitched the entire final round, it's totally legit, okay? And you don't need to check the bats either. But uh, regardless of that, uh, we still had a number of things going on in MLB this week. We had Mike Matheny get fired for, you know, being, a above all, a mediocre manager. We had the Josh Hader situation. We had Matt Carpenter of the Cards miraculously just go off for six, uh, six straight games of a home run. And... You know, above all else, we have the Boston Red Sox and the Yankees somehow pulling off a historic uh, pace here in terms of win uh, win percentage. As even though Boston has a five game lead on the Yankees now, the Yankees, uh, according to all his historical books going back fifty years, have the highest win percentage for a team not to be in first place at this point in the season. So. Uh, without much further ado, I'm going to bring Cam online here. Cam, how you doing tonight? Oh, we're doing awesome, dude. I can't wait for this podcast. Ready uh, to go. Yeah, I mean, Cam, uh, we're coming on early because of uh, the rain out between the Subway Series, which no one really cared about because, by all accounts, the Mets fans are so defeated at this point in the season that I can't even make fun of them. I, I mean, I've... I genuinely feel bad for the Mets fans. It's like, there's not even fun to trash talk them. Uh, uh, so, uh, I'm not sure if you heard the news today, but uh, Noah Syndergaard is, has gone back on the DL camp. Oh, yeah. I heard about it. I mean, you know, his butt's hurt from getting, you know, destroyed. So, you know, that hurts. Well, uh, apparently, uh, what Syndergaard's got going on, and I didn't even know this could actually happen, well, I mean, I've heard of stories like this, but it is, like, so random that it's... It, it, I mean, he's got a viral infection of the hand, foot, and mouth, according to reports from hanging out with school kids for a Mets publicity uh, event uh, where they do community service. Apparently, he got an infection from the kids, and it spread all over his body Well, with the viral infection. Now, again, I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, he's not even a school teacher. He's literally a guy who's hanging out with uh, uh, kids for a promotional event for no more than three hours. How do you get infected to the extent that you are legitimately incapacitated uh, for the remainder? And mind you, he actually pitched against the Yankees. 
He, I mean, he wasn't that horrible when he pitched against us this weekend. Dude, he didn't use enough hand sanitizer. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. It, 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 it's, it's amazing with the Mets, just how they redefine injuries every single year. There's always something up with the Mets. And, I mean, it, it goes to serve because, I mean, the Mets have been using David Wright uh, basically as a salary prop to boost up their uh, uh, salary cap floor. Because they know they're just going to get the money back from their insurance payment because David Wright can't play baseball anymore. But, you know, it, it's ridiculous from the standpoint that the Mets have all these random-ass injuries. And in addition to the Grom going down, you got the story. Uh, did you hear about what's going on with Cespedes? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's definitely on my fan tracks team. And he's. I just want to drop him right now. He's gonna have like uh, MRI on both of his heels. Like I just want to throw up. Yeah. So he's got, uh, I, you know, again, these are terms I've never even heard of. Calcification tendinopathy. Uh, so apparently, uh, he's got bone spurs growing into his Achilles. Uh, that, you know, by it of itself, sounds absolutely. Uh, it's like unbelievably painful, uh, g- given like how sensitive an Achilles can be. The fact that he's got bone spurs, bone spurs by themselves are bad. Bone spurs and Achilles, that 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 sounds like a horrific long term. I'm not going to be able to walk normally ever again, sort of thing. Yeah, but the thing is, how the hell do you not know this beforehand? Like, this is a joke. Again, I don't. Uh, it, you know, it, it always baffles me because, again, the running joke is the Mets have the worst medical staff in the, his, in the history of baseball. And I mean, look at their track record. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I mean... Just, uh, just hire me. I'll just say, hey, man, dude, you got a staff infection. Get out of here. Good Lord. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what you make of this. I mean, realistically, Cespedes has gone from a high-value uh, uh, trade target for teams to someone that you might actually be stuck on the hook for for long-term disability if this doesn't if he has to go and get surgery and this uh, and because he's on the payroll this doesn't work out the Mets are technically going to be on the hook for it because it's going to be their uh, their their uh, their specialist working on them so again I don't know how they find themselves in these predicaments but the the Mets got a whole lot going on. And the more they talk about not trading the Grom unless they get a King's ransom for him, the more I'm shaking my head because at this stage, the Mets have to do a complete rebuild of that entire roster. Because unlike the Yankees, because the Mets won't spend any money, they can't do a soft rebuild where they they pay up for a couple of free agents to stabilize the uh, the core. And just buy up a bunch of uh, uh, prospects in uh, other countries, uh, in, the, in the Dominican Republic and other areas. I mean, realistically, they, they're up a creek because the best thing they did was actually awful familiar for as much as they got because they got the uh, about a million dollars in international spending money from the A's in addition to a couple of prospects, which, again, I don't know what the A's are doing because... Familiar is a rental, not a very good rental, by the way, because to me, if if it's between Familia and Britain, I'd rather take the guy with better upside in Britain than Familia, who I know can't close games, as evidence in the World Series. Uh, you know, there are certain things that I see teams do that I will never understand. You got the A's, who are three games... Uh, back of uh, the Mariners for the second wild card spot. So we're not even talking about the first wild card spot with the Yankees. We're talking about the second wild card spot. The A's, you know, they they uh, they're on a decent enough uh, streak uh, uh, where they've won uh, approximately twelve of the last sixteen games to even get themselves in this mix. So they've done quite a bit now. I get the fact that they think the Mariners are weak because of the fact that the Mariners, for all intents and purposes, are a plus one run differential, even though they're 20 games above 500. 
again, I get it. The Mariners are defying logic by being uh, 20 games over 500 with a one uh, plus one run difference overall. No one is that bad at run difference. That's a winning team in baseball. Like usually, you, you get a, at least uh, you would expect the team to have somewhere in the range of 20 to 30 run differential if they're going to be 30 games over, uh, 20 games over 500. So the Mariners are an anomaly. Are anomaly. But if I'm the oh, ace, yeah. why? And maybe maybe you you can see the inside of this. Why am I giving up prospects and money if I'm Billy Bean to the Mets for a average at best closer just so I can have the opportunity of playing either the Red Sox or the Yankees in a one-game playoff? And don't tell me because you got a puncher's chance because, yeah, everyone's got a puncher's chance, but that doesn't necessarily mean you actually pay up money to be in the ring with... uh, a top UFC fighter or the most dangerous guy in a boxing division, which I would say probably is Triple G at this point. I mean, no one actually does that. You don't pay up to get your ass kicked. Why not? <laughs> oh, Lord. It's going to be a good one. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious if you actually think the A's... Uh, are a legitimate contender this year because I, I, lo- I look at that roster, and we talked about this last week. The A's have a nice young roster. They don't have anything discernible that would necessarily lend itself to a team I would be genuinely afraid of. I mean, I, I'm, I, I was legitimately trying to think of in terms of what they've got, I mean, what they've got on their hands here. I couldn't think of like a of a true number one pitcher that oh this is this is the guy I, I mean uh, you, you're basically talking about Sean Manea essentially being your number one starter I, I, again I'm I'm struggling because I keep hearing people tell me that the Yankees are so vulnerable with their starting pitching yet. Tell me, outside of Chris Sale and Verlander, who is really scaring you in the AL in terms of a starting pitcher? Yeah, I mean, you got you got Garrett Cole, who, again, is having a monster year, but hasn't done it in the postseason. You got, you got Charlie Mar- Morton, who is on a ridiculous hot streak. But again, it's Charlie Morton, who, at 34 years of age, who somehow, somehow made it work. Although if you're if you're Trevor Bauer, uh, baseball savant, uh, it's the entire uh, Astros pitching staff that's cheating. But out uh, like honestly, who is the n- true number one ace in the AL that you'd be afraid of? Uh, uh, to me, uh, baseball, especially in the AL, has become such a bullpen-driven uh, scenario that I don't I don't really see where folks are uh, like uh, they're transfixed on getting starting pitching, I don't really see the need, uh, to be honest. Uh, the amount of money that uh, teams are allocating t- towards the bullpen, everyone's looking at it and they're saying to themselves, we need bullpen. I mean, that's why Cleveland gave up so much. Even though they have Andrew Miller, they got Cody Allen, they still gave up a, a fortune for Brad Hand. And, and, I mean, explain that one. It, it, to me, it's the, it's the signal that Teams do not value starting pitching anymore. That's why all these guys are getting pulled after five innings in playoff games. I think it's crazy, but if this is the way they're going to go, why why would teams be going gaga over starting pitching anymore? To, to me, if, if teams are going with rotation uh, rotations uh, being shorter and you're just using the bullpen so you can bring back your starter for later on in the playoff series, then... I mean, the stance of the Yankees makes the most sense. Don't tr- uh, don't overspend for starting pitching then. I mean, I agree. I mean, I mean, nowadays it's like five innings. All right, we're good. Then pull the bullpen in. I mean, and that's what's you know, do you have a good little bullpen or not? Huh? You know, that's what it depends on nowadays. I mean, <laughs> you can pull a guy that gets ten Ks in five innings, and then they get shredded after that. 
where they destroy them. So, I mean, what do you want after that? Yeah, well, that's why I kind of question what's going on with the Mets because, to me, the Mets are trying to overplay their hand in a way wherein, ideally, they should have had a better trading partner available. They keep trying to rely on the Yankees to over overpay for a starter, and, you know, I, I just don't see it happening. I think the Yankees are just trying to play this out because, realistically, the Yankees look at their uh, roster with the amount of prospects they have. They think they have a five-year window to win multiple championships. So they're basically going to try to wait this period out knowing that you got a couple of starters that are going to be hitting the free agency market between uh, in the next two years between Keiko, Carrasco, Corbin, Verlander, and Sale. They're all going to be free agents within the next two years. So if the Yankees keep their hitting prospects and they cycle out some of their older players, they're still going to have a really deep roster and they're going to control the rights of all these hitters for the next uh, uh, four plus years to make their run. And they'll just sign a couple of starters. To me, the Yankees are playing this as a stance of, yeah, we're going to try to, we're going to compete again, uh, try to compete against Boston and Houston. But the folks who keep expecting this massive trade by the Yankees, unless the Yankees are getting valuation on the players in return without giving up a ton of farm system players, I don't think they're going to do it. It is what it is. I don't know what to tell you on those. I mean, no one spins up really on starters anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, again, if you, if you look at the haul that uh, that happened uh, between the Indians and uh, the Padres for Brad Hand, uh, you know, uh, the in, the Indians gave up three viable prospects, and Brad Hand basically. Uh, you know, they can control him for a few more years, but uh, it, it ended up being a case where, you know, they gave up. <laughs> they gave up the number five prospect in baseball. I mean, uh, the best catcher uh, projected in the uh, next couple of years for baseball as a prospect, they gave him up for a relief pitcher. Could, could you imagine that ever happening like five, ten years ago. I was about to say five or ten years ago, that wouldn't happen. I, I mean, that that that's to me, that's the new dynamic of baseball. But uh, you know, again, uh, we'll we'll see how Francisco Mejia pans out for the Padres. Knowing the Padres, they'll end up screwing this up and having to trade this guy anyway for peanuts on the dollar, and then he'll go off and be actual. A true superstar somewhere else, but uh, you know, I I, I kind of had a head scratching moment there because, you know, my my uh, my sensibilities say that, you know, the Indians paid up a lot because they felt that they couldn't afford keeping Cody Allen and Andrew Miller. You might lose one of them. It like they are operating from the suspicion that they may lose both guys in the off season. To me, I you know I don't really see where uh, a, a relief core, if if the relief core is that important to you, why you would have why would you lose both uh, both guys? You got to pay up to keep one of them, but giving up your top prospects to me, you could have made. I mean, again, Jan Gomes can still fetch you a couple of relievers. This is why I don't understand how. The valuation is going in this marketplace because to me, the position players still are playing five uh, uh, five games a week, minimum, if they're good. A good reliever is giving you four games a week, max. Because if you're using a good reliever more than four games a week, you're screwing it up and you're going to waste his arm down the road uh, within uh, three to four years because uh, the, they can't handle that kind of a workload. So that's why I'm, I'm I'm kind of scratching my head with some of these trades because it, it, it just doesn't add up to me. Uh, I, you know, uh, my my standpoint is even though it's becoming more of a relief-based game and I think starters should be valued more, 
if teams are going to value them, uh, value the relievers more than actual starting players, then it's actually going to have to come up with a different metric for evaluating some of the talent because some teams are way overvaluing uh, relievers and some teams are way overvaluing their own starters. And, you know, at the end of the day, you still got to score runs. So I'd rather have the... Uh, I'd rather have the bats and average pitching than elite pitching and average bats. Because to me, at the end of the day, those elite pitchers are still going to get tired in postseason play. It happens time after time. You still need elite bats to carry you through some, for some of these playoff series. It just so happens that Houston uh, has both right now, which is why I think the Yankees are kind of hanging back here. Because... I don't think the Yankees kind of see a way around Houston other than, you know, roll the dice and hope it works out. But they're not willing to make a trade that's only going to make them incrementally better when they're at a significant disadvantage. To me, I think the, Yan- the, to me, I think the Yankees have to hope on, uh, on Houston getting knocked off by the Red Sox, but they got to win the division first in order to put uh, Boston in that position. Yeah, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I mean, that's, you know, their decision to see if they want to, like, you know, trade anything, which I don't know if they need to, but, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see. I mean, I, Astros have a, a good, you know, starting staff. Boston doesn't have as good of a starting staff, but I, I think Boston's hitting, obviously, is way more consistent than Houston's is. Yeah. Even though they have a, a bunch of like MVP guys like Bregman, Altuve, Springer, all them, I just they're just not consistent enough for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, overall, it it just kind of it's it's kind of boiled out to the fact that you you've got three really great teams in the AL and no true dominant team in the NL. That's actually distancing themselves. Uh, the Dodgers getting uh, Machado, which we talked about on the podcast last week as uh, the most likely scenario. The Dodgers getting Machado at least gets them closer to the AL teams. Uh, they're not there yet. Uh, not until the Dodgers pitching staff gets it together. If the Dodgers pitching staff gets it together, then we can actually uh, get them to the an elite kind of level. But... Uh, as it said, it's really just kind of, uh, from my standpoint, it's really just a lot of focusing on how the AL races go. Well, yeah, and also, you don't know when someone's going to get a blister. (laughs) (laughs) Or or they're going to take them out after 80 pitches. Like, ridiculous. Hey, hey, first of all, Rich Hill has a well-documented history with blisters, and it's because of the baseball being changed that his hand blisters so much, Cam. Baseball yeah. won't admit to it, but it's the baseball's fault. It is. It's not his fault. It's the baseball. Yeah. He should get. He should sue him for that. I I, I I'm pretty sure Aaron Sanchez probably will once he retires. Uh, <laughs> I mean, between Rich Hill and Aaron Sanchez, I don't know who. It, it, it might actually be a race to see who gets a blister faster uh, by throwing 30 pitches consecutively. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna like you know start a GoFundMe for you know a bullpen to see how much uh, how long it takes someone to get a blister. Aaron Sanchez versus Rich Hill, and whoever loses sucks to suck. <laughs> oh man! All right, hey Throwdown Nation, are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. So, Cam, uh, who, like, uh, so far, I, I would say, 
because I already got uh, my idea in mind as to uh, who the top five would be from a fantasy baseball perspective. But who are your current top five for fantasy baseball right now? As of teams or? Uh, just players. Because because we we all we all know Trout's number one. I mean, but I, I love my boy Mookie though. Oh yeah, well see, here's the thing. When the season started, I said that Trout's number one, two through seven is a complete and utter toss up. Yeah, there, there's no uh, there's no way of guaranteeing who's gonna be there. But I had a feeling that Mookie might actually be one of those guys who gets up there because of the fact that he has all the tools Trout has, just not as good uh, from a hitting perspective uh, in terms of batting average. But everything else, he can do the exact same thing Trout does. And I had folks question me hard on that one, saying, uh, how how can you say he's Trout light? And I'm saying he's basically Trout light, and it's proven again that – if you want to know any reason why the Red Sox are at 70 wins already this year, look at Mookie Betts' play. I mean, from his defense uh, to his offensive skills, basically does the exact same thing Mike Trout does. And the, sc- and the scary part is, the scary part is, is that Mookie somehow, like, the one thing that we all questioned uh, would be, could he get the batting average up? Mookie's still hitting over 350. That that's the scary part. He got the batting average up, and he's over 20 home runs, and he's going to end up with a 30-30 season. That's how crazy it is. Well, the thing is, I'll say too though, is uh, Jose Ramirez and Lindor are so underrated. Like. Jesus, like, no one talks about them very much. But no, because they Jesus. play for the Indians. That's exactly know, why. They are, like, top, easy, easy. No one talks about them. Oh, in terms, in terms of, like, the uh, uh, like the unacknowledged players, uh, Francisco Lindor, to me, is the least talked about superstar, like, in the majors. Because it took Altuve years, and, it, like, me hyping up Altuve for years, for Altuve again, and the World Series run finally got him over. But Lindor is another guy where, you know, everyone was, I, I mean, I was certainly caught off guard. I didn't think the power could uh, maintain itself. But lo and behold, he's at 25 home runs again. He's going to be over 30 again. You know, I, you know, I didn't see the home run power being uh, something that's sustainable. But guess what he's done it and the defense is still on point jose ramirez another dude you're looking at him and you're saying you know it's actually one of the greatest and i'm not this is not hyperbole i think this is going to be one of the greatest fantasy baseball seasons ever for a guy that wasn't ranked in the top 25 because again you know jose ramirez you know, I I had him uh, up in the rankings, but consistently he definitely was not in the top twenty-five rankings of uh, most uh, most people's boards. And the fact of the matter is, he's over thirty home runs uh, at this point in the season, and he's not slowing down. That's the scary part. He still has quite a bit to go, and I don't really see any holes in his game where you could point to and say. Oh, okay, this is how you get him out. He's He basically has incredible play coverage, and there's really nothing that slows him down. I mean, he's got good speed. He's got the power, uh, good eye. You know, I don't have any holes in his game. He's actually a better hitter than uh, Lindor, in my opinion. But, you know, again, to your point, does anyone talk about him? No. Oh. Because, because he he plays for the Indians. That's why you, uh, uh, when I was talking about top five players, technically you can make a case for both of these guys being in the top five. And guess what? Not a, neither one of them would actually show up in anyone's top five list 
if you at if you pulled them on ESPN. Not a single analyst would actually put those guys in the top five. And now that I look at it, I'm pulling up our fantasy right now. Guess who number one is in fantasy points, hitter wise? Yeah, I I I think it would be uh, I I actually think it would be either Mookie or Ramirez. It's Ramirez, Mookie, Lindor, Trout, JD. Yeah. That, that, that's that's the that's the that's the crazy part. No one actually, it, it, to, it, it, like we we like. Uh, I I feel as though uh, for us because we play daily uh, daily fantasy baseball, we are more attuned to this than actual fantasy uh, standard fantasy baseball. Because even with the ESPN articles, they still kind of talk about it from the standpoint of, oh yeah, they're they're pretty good players. I mean, they're having a great season. But literally every day in daily fantasy baseball, Lindor and Ramirez are the two highest rated players at their positions, and they're worth it because they're mo- they're 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 incredibly consistent in terms of the numbers they put up. It's like uh, they may have those monster games where they hit uh, they hit home runs, but usually you're getting uh, you're not getting uh, donuts with those guys. You're getting at least three points, uh, three uh, three to five points, uh, just because they're getting on base. Yeah, you just got to here, – here's a fun stat. Ramirez, 72 RBIs, 59 walks, 49 Ks. He's walked more than he's K'd, and he has 30 bombs. Yeah. Like, that. that is stupid. Yeah, it, it, but you know what the best part about that is? We're, uh, we're still in uh, uh, closing era towards the end of July, and we're, we're still on pace for having more Ks than actual hits – Again, for the third time this season. Because it happened in April, it happened last month in June, and July is on pace for more cases, uh, uh, more cases than actual home uh, hits. And, you, and you've got, uh, you got stars and Lindor Ramirez that don't get any pub. They get no pub. And I love Aaron Judge. You know, you know how much I'll I'll, I'll, I'll text all, all rise. Right, but all co- right. it, it's like between Judge and Stanton. If we're talking about hitters, to Lindor and uh, Ramirez are eating them out for lunch. It's like it's not close. It's not close. And like, if fo- folks would be shocked at at, at that uh, like uh, acknowledgement, but it really isn't that close. It's like it's not like it's not like a, it's a, they're not living up to the hype because Judge got twenty six bombs, Stanton's got twenty three bombs. It's got nothing to do with that. It's just a matter of how often Ramirez and Lindor are uh, on the bases. It's in, it's crazy. If you want to look at it stat-wise, Judge has three times the amount of strikeouts that Ramirez does. Yeah. Man, but but that's mean, just... Judge is an elite player, but I guess uh, Lindor and Ramirez aren't. But but that but that that's that's where it just kind of comes down to like perception uh, clouds what's going on because uh, Judge strikes out a ton. He still has sixty six walks. Like Judge still has actually uh, decent plate presses, but he still strikes out a ton. But 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 the but the difference is that between Ramirez and Lindor, they're not punching out. It's like. They walk, but it's like they're they're uh, they get the bat to the ball pretty much every at bat. That's the crazy part to it. And the thing is, Ramirez twenty steals, Lindor fifteen steals. Yeah, how outrageous is that? Yeah, well, uh, well, you you'd swear that Lindor would have more steals than Ramirez. Ramirez still kind of looks like a bowling ball, but man, <laughs> the guy moves. He he literally moves. He's a cannonball, man. Can't catch them. I mean, that that to me, that's the most shocking stat with Ramirez of them all is the fact that he's got twenty steals already this year. And and, he's only got caught three times. Yeah, he's only got caught three. No, it, 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 uh, like I said, it, you know, you look at certain stats and you you kind of shake your head. I'm like, because you know, preseason, you you if you told me that. Jose Ramirez would be two steals away from Trey Turner. I probably would have said that Trey Turner got injured and wasn't playing this year. 
that much. I, I mean, honestly, it's like you know, I uh, I didn't uh, I didn't get Trey Turner that much this year uh, in any leagues because people kept out reaching him for me. But the issue the issue was is the fact that you know Trey Turner's not having a bad year. He's not having a bad year. Uh, still he's got the 22 uh, steals, uh, 12 home runs, a decent enough average. But, you know, the amount of guys who are stealing bases when you got Lindor and Jose Ramirez that were outside of, uh, like, uh, Lindor was at least still in the top uh, 15. I had him in the uh, top 12. But, you know, again, Ramirez was uh, – borderline top 30 uh, at a lot of places. It, it wasn't just a few. It was a lot of places. And, you know, it, it just kind of comes – you kind of shake your head and say that, uh, you know, we kind of screwed up fantasy baseball in terms of the rankings here because uh, I, I think we, uh, you know, in a way sometimes we look at guys who have ridiculous seasons and, and tell ourselves that there's no way they can put that uh, those kind of numbers up again only to embarrass ourselves even further because again you know my yeah I, I just pulled up my old rankings so I had I had Lindor ranked 16th on my list and Jose Ramirez at 21 exactly and it's like I, I, I gotta be honest with myself here I, I actually thought I had Lindor ranked higher, but then, uh, then I realized, like, okay, I, I put uh, Scherzer and Kershaw ahead of him. I got Rizzo ahead of him. I got Freeman ahead of him. And, uh, yeah, I put Stanton ahead of him. But, you know, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking at some of the other names on this list, and that's why I said it's, it's really a crapshoot with some of these players because, you know, Outside, like, there aren't a ton of players that I really have reservations about putting ahead of Lindor when, uh, preseason. But, like, when you wa- watch how the season played out, yeah. It's like, I had reservations about Stanton coming into the year, but you can't you can't knock a guy who hit uh, uh, 60 bombs last year. But, you know, you're looking at it and saying, you know, yeah, I kind of screwed that one up. It's like... I, I definitely ended up sleeping on uh, Lindor and Jose Ramirez, you know, even though I, I had him uh, 21, literally the man is, you know, if, you, if you're doing legitimate, like, uh, fantasy analysis of how the season's going, Ramirez has got to be in your top 10. And guess what? Most people are not even going to include him. It's like it's it'll be an afterthought. That that's how crazy this season's been. Like two like unbelievable seasons. Like to me, Ramirez realistically should be in the top five along with Lindor. But you will never hear those names called. You won't. And now that I'm looking at this, I just got to call you out, D Money. How do you have Trout, JD, and Alex Bregman, and you're like at the bottom of the the bracket? Oh, for uh, for baseball, because yeah, it, well, they're, 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 yeah, they're, there's an obvious reason. It's because I've given up the most points. <laughs> like I, I lead the league in points against <laughs> by a wide margin. By the way, the top seven people, you have three of them. <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible. It's like I lead the league in points against in that league. I, I every week, it's like I put up. Decent numbers, and every time it's like, nope, you got cr- you got crushed in. Uh, uh, it's like, not to mention I I have Bumgarner healthy, and I'm still getting beat handily uh, in like all pitching matchups. It's crazy. Oh Lord, I had to throw that at you. Oh yeah, What's no. Th- th- thank you, thank you for rubbing salt in the wound again. Hey, don't worry, I'm almost I'm about five hundred on this. <laughs> <laughs> So we're not doing too well, but of course Corey Dickerson and uh, Polanco decided to just like go off this week and last week. So we're, we we may make comeback. <laughs> oh boy! Oh sweet! I won another matchup in this league where I hardly ever make any roster moves. 
And I had Wilson Ramos like on the DL the entire time. I forgot to swap him out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 well, see that that's the best. It's like when you have fantasy leagues where you are not paying attention and you're still cruising and you're just pissing other people off because they're like, "How are you winning these matchups without paying attention?" Uh, that's the best. There you go. But. Uh, yeah, so let's get into the stars of the day uh, on DraftKings. So, uh, well, Here, can I just can I just call this one out? Yep. <laughs> hey, I will say my boy Rugi had a day today. Yep, 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 yep. R- 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 Odor put up twenty nine big ones at a very modest salary of uh, thirty eight hundred. Hey, also, I'll give you a Chris Davis with a K, not with a C because he's an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Chris Davis showed up today, got a multi, and uh, who else? I mean, Corey Dickerson, Jesus Christ. I don't even know what the heck's going on with him. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love Tampa Bay's strategy of we're literally tanking for the sake of tanking. Because we don't want to even pay six million. Because, like, if it wasn't for Tampa Bay just dumping uh, Corey Dickerson, the Pirates wouldn't even be remotely close to where they are in the standings. So, like, Dickerson has literally been, you know, like, because Polanco was hurt this year. So, to me, like, the MVP of the Pirates this year has actually been Dickerson. Oh, yeah, and I mean, he hasn't put up, like, huge numbers, like, extra base-wise besides, like, doubles. But when he gets hot, a.k.a. right now, it's, like, bomb squad to the max. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, like, Dickerson leads the team in hits. He's got a three fifteen average. Uh, you know, it, it's not like he's a big home run hitter. He hit two home runs today. I mean, like, it, it, basically, he's, he's a very streaky home run hitter, but... You know, honestly, if I'm the Pirates, I I'm kind of looking at him to sign him long term, because I mean you got him on the flyer. He's he's just about to hit age thirty. You can get him for a nice couple of years if you offer him a decent enough contract. And I'm sure, like after like all the nonsense he's gone through with Tampa Bay, like he's he's probably looking to like settle down somewhere. Oh yeah, he's like I'm done probably with this. Because draft. I mean, like he, he, I mean, he, he, I mean, he got rid of. I mean, he's one of the few players who's actually gone on from the Rockies to establish himself as a legitimate hitter. And he has home run power. It's just like I said, he's a very streaky home run hitter. So the power numbers are actually down from his career average. But like, well, uh, as we talked about, like when he gets on one of those home run streaks, he can easily hit like ten home runs in a, tw- a twenty game period. Like, there's oh, no question yeah. about that. And he's definitely on one of those right now. He's on the heater. Just so, like Matt Carpenter, Jesus. Oh yeah, they, I mean Matt uh, Matt Carpenter. He of uh, six straight games of a home run. That, that finally got snapped today. You know, it, it, you know it, it's actually one of those things where I blame his manager, the, the new manager of uh, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, Mike Schilt, because Schilt decided to uh, pull Matt Carpenter from the nightcap of a doubleheader because apparently he discussed the matter with Carpenter days before. But the weird part was... He's on a six-game homer streak. How do you pull your guy when he's on that kind of a streak? I mean, luckily they won. They won. Uh, they won that uh, nightcap matchup. But you know, again, the Cardinals are two and three since the All-Star game. This is not good. It's like for a team that was already in disarray because of Mike Matheny alienating pretty much the entire uh, the entire team, especially uh, Dexter Fowler, 
who they're trying to get rid of, but they can't because his value is so depressed at this point. But, you know, I, I, I kind of look at Carpenter and I'm saying to myself, they may actually have to look at, uh, you know, if the Cardinals are serious about, like, turning themselves back into a relevant team again, they may actually have to look at moving a guy like Carpenter and start getting some prospects and reloading that farm system again. Because, to me, the, the Cardinals have way too many decent players, but they don't have anyone that's a standout star that I see coming. I mean, they made that trade for Ozuna, and I can tell, I can tell, I tell folks right off the bat that Ozuna to the Cards was gonna do absolutely nothing for them because Ozuna is one of the most hot and cold players you'll ever see, and that's not what St. Louis needs. The St. Louis actually needs a steady, rock solid hitter like Carpenter, but younger. And it's like the that's the issue with the Cards. That they've got a bunch of players that they need to cycle out because Carpenter's 32. You know, he, he was a late bloomer, but they actually have to move move him, and they won't because they they he's a fan favorite, so they they don't like moving fan favorites in St. Louis. They, they like keeping the fans happy and, and planting guys there. But too many guys uh, on that team are just, you know, they're, eh, players it's like they're easily to me they don't have a true war player that stands out that's young outside of jose martinez you know because tommy fam has the eye condition and they can say what they want that's a long that's a long-term disability that you know there's really not much else they can do other than kind of treat uh treat the issue but it'll never be fixed. He's always going to have poor eyesight, and it's a degenerative condition. So, to me, it, his hitting is always going to be questionable because you don't know what he's actually seeing at the plate. He doesn't even know. So, I, I, I just don't... I don't see where the Cardinals can get better other than starting to trade, uh, starting to trade uh, guys like Carpenter... That they can get some value out of before they, uh, they start uh, going into decline. We just need Yachty. That's all we need. Yachty, <laughs> Carpenter. Come on. I, I, I will say this. Y- Yachty will not move from the cards because, you know, he is the cards at this point. He's Mr. Cardinal. He I mean, definitely is. I mean, age 36 takes a shot to the groin and literally only missed about a week and a half of baseball games. That's insane. I mean... Uh, and he's a catcher, dude. That's just ridiculous. Yes. That, that, you know, that that that's the crazy uh, craziest part. It's like, uh, you know, it's like Yachty's basically got two games, I mean, uh, uh, two, two years left realistically as a catcher i mean it's been 14 years as a catcher and a full 14 years not like oh we're gonna play you at first base a couple of games a year or have or platoon you half the season he's been catching the entire way through uh you know i don't really see how much longer he has in the tank and you know he puts up his 280 every year he'll put up his home runs he'll he'll get his clutch hits but it's like, realistically, if you're the cards, you know, it's like you don't want to necessarily tell them, Yachty, we, we love your contributions. Can you help us out with, uh, with the rebuilding process if we move you? It's like, they're not going to do that. But realistically, that conversation should have happened. Because if the Cardinals are, and, they, you know, their, their GM, Bozelic, talks a big game. He talk, goes on all the radio shows about how they want to compete. But... If the cards are serious about competing with the Cubs, they got to do what the Cubs did. Rebuild your roster and start sucking badly so you can completely retool that roster, get all the high draft picks, and and come back stronger. And that's, a, and that's how you beat the Cubs. It's like, that's how the Cubs did it. That's how the Astros did it. The only uh, franchise that didn't do it that way by tanking 
is the Yankees. Because the Yankees basically made a bunch of great signings uh, in the Dominican Republic and spent some quality money and didn't necessarily uh, uh, didn't necessarily make any uh, shock trades, but they they trade capitalized on trading guys at the top of their value and Andrew Miller and Chapman when they traded Chapman to the Cubs they got a, a huge haul for him and they they made a mint off those trades and have been living off them ever since. But you know, in order in order to do that, it's like you got to be able to have players of some value. I don't really see uh, valuable players on the Cardinals. I see a lot of replaceable players, and that's the biggest issue with the Cards. It's like they got way too many replaceable players, and, you know, outside of a guy like Luke Weaver, you know, you know he, he's, he's there, but not, nothing's really, like, uh, stood out. Like, that's a... That's a, 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 you know, you've got a star player in the mix. It's like the only guy they got is uh, Jose Martinez in terms of a young, uh, upcoming stud. And may, maybe you've got, a, uh, if a Harrison Bader uh, pans out, local uh, boy from uh, New York. But, uh, you know, outside of that, again, there's a legitimate uh, question as to like where the cards go from here because to me it's a lot of replaceable parts and not a whole lot of upside just let them do them d-money just let them do them just <laughs> let them die slowly yeah i just love them dying i love it <laughs> all right Kevin. As, as, as a ranger fan they should just die a slow painful death <laughs> All right, Kev. This is, this is, this is from uh, Nelson Cruz. That's what he said. I didn't say it. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Was that Nelson? When he, oh. That's he, when he wrote the letter. I, I didn't, I, I didn't Oh, yeah. That. I forgot about that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot. That was a little. You're, you're hitting me in the heart. Oh, oh man. That, that's, going, that's going back a ways. Yeah, I've got, I forgot. Like, Nelson Cruz, like, like has had some beefs with people that you're like, huh? That's interesting. And it's like, uh, it's an interesting take there, Nelson. Uh, we're not gonna keep you on this team because now you've actually started to scare us. But um, okay. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, uh, yeah. Back from the letter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple of guesses on. Who the three most valuable uh, role players were in uh, daily today? As like price wise? Yeah. Well, definitely. I think that dude that you had, that freaking Sean Rodriguez or whatever. That <laughs> yeah, Sean Rodriguez for twenty seven hundred. Jesus Christ! When I saw you had him, <laughs> he, he tried to bomb in like a double. I just wanted to kill myself. Yep, Sean Rodriguez. Well, that's definitely one of them. Twenty-one uh, points for twenty-seven hundred. Oh that worked God. out very well for me. Value. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Besides Rugi for thirty-eight hundred, that was. Yeah, yeah, Rugi, Rugi had great value as well. I I can't think right now off the top of my head who else. But yeah, so I just can't not remember that twenty-seven hundred. Yeah. Rodriguez, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So it was Rodriguez, uh, Rugi, and Drew Butera of the Kansas City Royals. Oh, dude, that's bullshit, dude. He's kind of <laughs> fucking in the parker at the end of the game, dude. Fuck off. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh what man, that one, that that one was ridiculous. It's like twenty five hundred. Yeah, twenty four hundred. Oh my god, I was close, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I saw I saw I saw I saw that highlight. I was just like, really? Someone probably cashed in just throwing him on a flyer and just like made a mint. I was just like, whatever. Oh hell yeah, that was their punt right there, and then his punt got in the parker to win the game. He's like, what yeah. the? Yeah. Jesus. But and then the most valuable pitcher today was uh, uh, Brad Keller of uh, the Kansas City Royals, uh, forty-eight hundred. How much do you have? Uh, he had twenty six point seven five. Good lord! And he, dude, his K's 
like three Ks a game. Yeah, Man. he's not. He's not. He's not he a stri- like, What? What do he have? Like eight or nine? Uh, he. Yeah, he had. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up the official stats because I I I I I, 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 I saw that and I was I had to shake. My, I had to do a double take because I saw I saw the numbers and I'm like. He averages he averages four Ks a game. It's like there's no way he put up uh, those numbers, but yet still, I you know I I, I had I had to look back at the numbers again, and I and I said to myself, yeah, he actually uh, he actually had uh, eight Ks, eight, uh, eight and I, and I could I could have bl- I had to do a double take on it because I'm like, how did he have eight Ks? Because he literally averaged, yeah. It, he because of this game, he's raised his K through nine ratio to five. Literally, he was at four Ks a game. Oh man, dude! Today for me was a terrible fancy day. I mean, like my pitchers were on fire. Besides Suter, which he just kind of just blew his elbow. So yeah, <laughs> but, the, yeah. Brent Suter oh, most likely boy. has. Uh, they're they're thinking it may be a UCL tear for Brett Suter. Uh, they're doing the MRI tomorrow, but uh, it doesn't look good for Suter for sure. I mean, it's never good when you have like forearm tightness, and then you think you're good, and then you have forearm tightness again. AK, let's get that ligament right in the elbow. Like yeah. you're screwed, man. That is not good. So he's probably screwed. But I mean, I'm just talking about like cheap pitchers. I mean. I will say, Oda Rizzi, I expected that out of him. I was going to do it, but I wanted to save my money for my boys Jose and Lindor today, and they just, like, got shut out by freaking Gallardo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, Jesus of, all, of all the pitchers to shut down Lindor and Ramirez, because because Lindor and Ramirez were owned by over 25% of uh, – of uh, owners for daily today, just because of the matchup, it's like you couldn't pass up Gallardo. I mean, like who? Like that's like terrible. Like I mean, I would have picked them today over the last two days, any day of the week, and then they just sort of like, ah, oh, we'll take a day off, you know. We scored, but the, at the same time, what did they score? Like seventeen and sixteen. Yeah. So they scored thirty-three runs in two days. Jeez, yeah. Right. Well, it's because it's one hundred and ninety-eight degrees out here. <laughs> Jesus. You walk outside and you're like, "Fuck, I want to go home." <laughs> like it's terrible. Yeah. It, oh my god. Yeah. So, uh, Cam, how how many Rangers games you got left uh, to go this season that you're actually gonna I, go I don't see? Know. If it's 110, 188 degrees, I don't know if I can do one. I mean, Jesus, I can drink a hundred beers and I still won't be drunk because I'm still <laughs> I'm not hydrated. It, it's just coming right out yeah, of the pores. Sweating it out like right away, like it's ridiculous. Good lord, I mean. What, what is it? It's freaking July 22nd, and it's literally, we broke records this whole week for the last, like, 20 years of how hot it is. That's how terrible it is. Like, literally, I went, I got back from the airport on Thursday. It said 108 in my car when it was sitting. I got on the highway. It said 114. All oh, the way down. God. <laughs> all the way down. Usually when you get in your car and you start driving, it goes down. It yeah. went up. Six degrees. <laughs> like that's how bad it is. Oh, jeez. Texas for you, dude. Gotta love it. Oh, oh it's that... not dry heat either. <laughs> oh no, I, it, I, I, I like y'all do not have dry heat. You have, you have that humidity. Eighty percent humidity, dude. It doesn't even matter how far or not far you are from the coast. You're still like eighty percent humidity. Oh man! All right, Cam. So uh, before before we uh, call it a night, uh, I, I want to get your initial thoughts on fantasy football before I, I dive in because uh, next week is going to be all about fantasy football with training camps opening on Monday, mandatory training camp for everyone. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna be going into my full fantasy uh, football rankings uh, for the season. So I'll be breaking down uh, overall top 100 overall uh, rankings for running backs and wide receivers. But I want to get your thoughts here first as to who are your top five for fantasy football this year. 
Oh, well, definitely it's got to be Le'Veon Bell because he doesn't go to training camp. So, fuck it. He's good to go. Number one. <laughs> I mean, here's, uh, the, here's the one thing I'll say about Le'Veon, though. Le'Veon, in a contract year, knowing that he has to ball out to get the $17 million he's looking for per season... You know, it's a dang, it's a dangerous mix because Le'Veon's playing a game where literally he wants to have the ball as much as possible, but it also increases his risk of injury long term. I was just about to say, you, you just take one knee out, you're done, dude. Like, so, that's it. So, it's like, this is the ultimate, I'm betting on myself, but literally I'm walking away from $14 million a season. I, you know, I, I, I'm not entirely sure that... Getting that extra two and a half million is worth it. If even if his counter offer to the Steelers were, I want a fully guaranteed contract. I think the Steelers probably would have done that as opposed to asking for seventeen million a season. I think that's where the Steelers' uh, balking price ended up being. But Bell is kind of pissed off that all these wide receivers are making more money than he is. And, and, you know, I, less injury. <laughs> but, but my thing is that wide receivers get hit a whole lot less than running backs, so that's why they get hit more money in terms of contracts. It's it's easier to justify paying a wide receiver because you're they can get a hundred catches and still take half the pounding that running backs get. Oh yeah. So top five, like including just everyone. Yeah. So lady on obviously my boy Zeke. Me. Homer. Uh, but Homer, but yes, it that is a legitimate top five pick. I'm gonna do Zeke. Antonio. A B. So that's my third. Fourth. Hmm. Man, I love my boy. I gotta say Kamara. Dude, I love Kamara. Might not be a top five, but it, I like Kamara as a player. And then I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go running back again, man. But I'm gonna go Kareem. Hmm. See, and this is where it's so interesting this year, because you can make a case for about five running backs to be in the top five and push out A.B. entirely because you still have Gurley and you still have David Johnson in the mix. That's how deep running back is this year. Oh, exactly. And I I, I love David Johnson. I just, after he got hurt and stuff, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to get hurt again and Todd Gurley destroyed. But, you know, my boy Pat Mahomes, I got to get my, with my boy Hunt and – you know, my boy Zeke, and then I can't go against A.B. and Le'Veon, so that was just off the top. Yeah, no, it, it, it's going to be very interesting, and I'm going to have a fun time with this one because it is really going to be like uh, splitting hairs, trying to separate some of these guys because you got David Johnson also looking for a long-term deal, uh, ready to prove himself. You got Gurley, can he re- duplicate last year's performance? Uh, so that you got more of a complete picture between rookie year, year three, and have year four being along the lines of rookie year and year three, as opposed to the dud of uh, year two. So you got Gurley in the mix. You got Kamara. So everyone's talking about sophomore slump uh, with Kamara, but guess what? Mark Ingram suspended for four games to start the season. Kamara's going to get a ton of workload. So hey, uh, it's like, what are you going to do there? Uh, you still got uh, guys like Melvin Gordon who are going to be back-end first-round potential. You got Fournette back-end first-round potential. You got Saquon Barkley, or as the, the New York media is calling him now, Saquon's Barkley because of the size of his quads. <laughs> you know, Tree stumps, boy. I mean, he definitely can be in the mix uh, for dude, a first-round pick. I would never pick him. He's on the Giants, dude. Get him out of here. Of course. Of course you would. But literally, there is so much to talk about in terms of running back potential. You know, this is one of those years where 
I would actually be in favor of being further back of the first round than anything else because of how deep running back is. Uh, oh this yeah, season. yeah. Because you don't need like there's like eight of them that you could like pick from. It's like it, it, you can make a legitimate point that actually having the 12th pick is more valuable than having the per- first pick this season. And most years you can't actually make that claim. This year you might actually be able to do that. That's uh, that's how deep the back end of the first round is and the early portion of the second round uh, between the amount of players that are going to be available. But I'll, I'll be getting into that and some more with uh, football season starting back up uh, with the training camps uh, beginning tomorrow. So it'll be a full week of NFL coverage, Cam. Uh, I, I, I can't oh, yeah. wait. Oh, I can't wait either. All right, Cam, that's going to do it. You have yourself a good one, sir. And uh, we will uh, we will catch up on the remainder of uh, Fantasy Baseball and get into a full deep dive of the NFL. Yes, we will, sir. All right, folks, have a good one. And as always, enjoy watching the games. It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.